with ModHop.com founder Jake Redman and travel junkie Anthony Ryan. Have you ever heard the term uh, the Mount Rushmore of something? Uh, no. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, if you were to say, who's your Mount Rushmore of, you know, Yacht Rock? It'd be like... Christopher Cross, Chris- Toto... Uh, Michael McDonald and Kenny Loggins. For not having ever heard of the concept, you latched on to what it was really fast. It was pretty self-explanatory after I, I heard it. All right. So who then would be the Mount Rushmore of travel broadcasters? I would put Rick Steves on there. Yeah. Hands down. Yep. And the other three, I have no idea. You could put, I mean... It, could I put like a Bourdain? Yeah, he was good enough to make a, a Mount Rushmore, at least for the time being. Uh Personally, I would put Andrew Zimmern on there too. So we've got that's three, and then yeah. I don't know who, who else the last on the one Travel is. Channel. <laughs> oh, Samantha Brown. I really like Samantha. Oh my Brown. gosh, when she, she was on Great Hotels, I loved that show. She's great. She's great. I was obsessed. Yeah, uh, there's a lot of them, so you, you could go on forever. But if you had to name four, those would be mine. I think the ones that we just mentioned. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that list. I like it. I might want somebody who likes airplanes more. And the fifth one, just barely missing the list, is one Jake Redman. I don't know. Don't, <laughs> don't put me in that position. I'm nowhere near the Mount Rushmore of travel Hill, hosts. Hill Rushmore. Uh, so here's good news, and you'll be happy to hear this. The island of Boracay in the Philippines has officially reopened for business after a six-month shutdown to tourists. Hooray. Finally. It's like the moment we started this podcast, we decided to do an episode on Boracay, and then they closed it for six months. <laughs> Now you can go at, with our knowledge. Yeah, so we'll refer you back. I'll put a link back to that podcast at the website. Uh, the closure was to allow cleanup of what officials called a cesspool, pointing to waste mismanagement by hotels and other operators on the island. Strict new regulations have been put in place in an attempt to curb the trash problem, including a ban on single-use plastics. The Straits Times says that the island, known for its party atmosphere, will also begin cracking down on drinking and smoking on its beaches, while only 19,000 tourists will be allowed at any one time. You know, what's funny is that the president himself is the one who called it a cesspool. So... Oh, that's right. It was yeah. it was him. President Duterte was the, like, the, "This island is a cesspool," and he used other expletives that the term caught on, and it, it did cost quite a bit of money to operators and the government and just the whole the tourism industry. But uh, he said that it was worth the shutdown or worth the loss. Yeah, and if you want to see how it is now to get a little glimpse uh, on YouTube, there's a there's some videos on it. But the one that I watched in particular was this travel guy on YouTube named Lost LeBlanc. That's the YouTube channel. And he went there shortly after it reopened, and it does paint a different picture of what uh, what it used to be. You know, obviously it just reopened, so it's going to take a little time for it to get back into the swing of things. But they have changed a lot of things, including uh, there's no open drinks in public anymore. Uh, they're, they're really trying to quell that party vibe and turn it into something more of like what it used to be, which was just like an oasis, a place to just relax. A so, real getaway? Yeah. So, I mean, I enjoyed the party vibe when I was there, but... We gotta be eco-conscious these days. So. Yeah, you can't just be throwing your cigarettes and plastic <laughs> drink containers onto the beach. Yeah, come on, guys. Because I know that's what you did. Me? No, I know you did. <laughs> uh, let's keep it Philippines theme. Philippines Airlines flight attendant Patricia Oregano. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> sure? I just saw her. I'm sorry, her last name is Organo. I just read it oh, as Oregano because I'm not, a jerk. Not related to Samantha Basil. I just set you up for a bad joke, too. You're welcome, everyone. God. All right. her uh, She's getting high praise after breastfeeding. 
a passenger's hungry baby. Organo heard the fussy baby and suggested the mother feed to calm her down, but the mother, crying, said she had run out of baby formula. That's when Organo, who has a nine-month of her own, offered to feed the baby. When she tried, the baby began rooting, latched easily until it fell asleep. So obviously the baby was hungry if it started rooting right away. Uh, something similar, and this can happen to anybody. I mean, you think it's like, why didn't she bring more formula? But stuff just happens. We forgot a bottle once when our boy was maybe six months old and we were in Minneapolis. Total nightmare. We got to the airport past security and we're like, oh, shit. And we have to give kudos to the lounge staff at the Terminal C Delta Sky Club at MSP for at least finding us a kid's water bottle. Sort of did the trick, but shame on the... I don't I don't want to say shame on the airport, but the there were no no Hudson News, no nothing. Nobody had even a small baby bottle. That and is shameful. That, Come on, people. It just seems weird to me. It seems like that would be something that they'd have stocked in an airport because yeah, I can't this... be the I can't be the first dad who's ever forgotten the baby bottle at the hotel. Yeah. So yeah, that's that's really strange. That's really strange. But just sort of gives you an idea of, of you know when you've got a kid, you can be running out of your hotel and you forget something. So um, that was a really nice story. It was nice. It seems you know it might seem weird as a headline, but but really cool that uh, that's some that's some extra mile service right there. Yeah. Good job. And speaking of airports, we've talked about how airports in the U.S. stack up against each other, citing some fairly predictable surveys. Wall Street Journal has decided they want into the game with their own survey, which scored the biggest U.S. airports across 15 categories and surveyed more than 4,800 of its readers on categories, including overall experience, ease of use, security and restaurants. And frankly, I don't get it. Okay, what's number one? Number one, we'll just start at the top. Number one is Denver, which I would be fine with if I didn't hadn't seen the rest of the list. Because Denver's a pretty okay airport. It's not a terrible place to connect. And, and if you get lost, you can just stare out the window at the mountains, <laughs> and it's pretty. Uh, but number two is Orlando. Really? Yeah. So either, I don't know what happened there. It's Have you ever tried to connect in, Atlanta, in Orlando? No, never try to connect. It's not a hub airport, so it's not really built for that, but I don't understand. Like the there, are, If you want to get to a good restaurant, so you have to go to one of its... I don't know. You, you, they have some things in one little hub and one in the other, and you have to go to, through different securities to get uh, to each one of them, and they're not interconnected. It's just... It's not the best airport. It's not number two. What's this criteria they're using? Uh, apparently, there are a lot of Disney World fans... Oh, come on. A lot of people who love Disney read the Wall Street Journal, apparently, because I can't think of another oh, sure. reason Cater Orlando would be number two. Number three is Phoenix, which is okay. I like Phoenix. Uh, again, not the easiest one to get around. Atlanta is number four, which I guess if it's based on lots of traffic, sure. <laughs> uh, and Dallas-Fort Worth is number five, which I don't have enough experience with. But remember, the last survey we saw was uh, had Vegas at the top. Yeah. And they're number six in the survey. And I won't go through the rest of the list. I'll, I'll, I'll post it on the website. Well, what's your top three? Well, I maintain the Minneapolis-St. Paul, but I'm biased towards Minneapolis-St. Paul. I think if I were to rate, uh, I would put Charlotte near the top. Charlotte made the list at number eight. I always have a, a, a good experience at Charlotte. It connects well. The food and the the there's hospi- the hospitality, the service is always good when I'm there. Um I like Seattle a lot. Seattle's number seven oh, on this list. Yeah, SeaTac is pretty good. You can hop on the uh, if you've got a even a, a relatively short layover, maybe three to five hours. You can hop on the light rail and get downtown. Well, maybe not three, five. 
yeah. minimum five. You need a little time to get down there. But it's a convenient airport, and there's lots to do there. The lounges are nice. Um, I'd like to hear your thoughts on those rankings in the comments. But again, I maintain Minneapolis-St. Paul should at least be number in the top 10. Hey, I liked it. You got the Mall of America on the way to uh, downtown. Yeah, you can light rail to the Mall of America. Oh, my goodness What gracious. more do you need? So we've got a guest today. Oh, aren't, aren't I excited? Finally, it's been a few weeks since we've had a guest, I think. Who's the last person we had through here? Probably Laura. Probably Laura. And it, it's a fitting guest because she talked about uh, some of the resorts we're going to talk about. Again, uh, Thai celebrity, real estate developer, and hotelier. He likes to be known as Tu Isara. He's coming up next after just a few deep breaths. The Mod Hop Podcast with Jake Redman and Anthony Ryan. You know, we have guests from time to time. It's not an odd thing for us to have somebody stop by. But uh, this one's kind of special. Thai celebrity, real estate developer, and hotelier. I know I never know if I'm saying that word right. Hotelier. Hotelier? <laughs> I, th- I think so. I Does think that so. sound okay? That's uh, the French version. <laughs> to Isara, he's the executive vice president of Charn Isara. Um, you know, focusing on Phuket and Thailand, yes. um, particularly in Phuket, how do you think tourism has changed in Thailand, I mean, over the ten, last ten years, to last, give it a time frame, I, I think over, overall, I think uh, Thailand, especially Phuket, is really special uh, tourist-wise. We were lucky. I think we're, we're one of those like um, world destination. Maybe it's uh, James Bond who put it on the map, or it's a beach with uh, Leonardo DiCaprio filmed in at PP Island. They're all around uh, Phuket, so I think people know Phuket anyway. But yeah, but in the last 10 years, so, so Phuket used to be like an island, tropical island. That's what people feel. Uh, in the last 10 years, it's become uh, urbanized. It, the island has, has um, yes, it's become a city. So you have to know your way around it a bit. That's like the isolated part. That's the really hectic part. That's the whole red light district, which... A lot of people know about that. So I think you have to, before you book somewhere in Phuket or in Thailand, you should uh, Google which area in on the island or in whatever city you, you're going to be in. Yeah. Do you think that, uh, and you've you've been host to a number of celebrities, to, uh, you know, people with, you know, big name people. We, has that Has that been more in recent years? Do you feel like the island's become a little more glamorous? It is very glamorous. I mean, but like, um, I mean, uh, Phuket Island. We're since a decade ago. I think Kate Moss has been going there. She's been going to like uh, Amanpuri, so the Aman group. So they're they're there now all over um, the world now. But the first, uh, the first uh, hotel was in Phuket, Amanpuri. So. They got famous, I think it was one year, one Christmas, Kate Moss wanted to go and it's the, the Kate room Moss was full. Effect, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the room was full, so Kate Moss couldn't go. Yeah, so because Kate Moss couldn't go, now everyone wants to now go. Now everybody wants Exa- to go. Exactly. <laughs> but uh, at our hotel, Sifanwa, so recently we just had Mariah Carey there, uh, Martin Garrick's been there twice this year. And yeah, so celebrities are coming over, and not a celebrity in the um, in Hollywood, but uh, uh, three three four years ago, uh, uh, Kofi Annan, Bob Geldof, they all came over. Oh, wow. So you're starting to see some big names come to Phuket. Yes, yes. And do yes, you think that's yes. true for for other parts of Thailand as well? Uh, 
Yes, I think so. I mean, a, a lot of film are film like Bangkok. A lot of film are film there, like oh, yeah. Hangover Two was there. <laughs> so that whole crew was yeah. there for like many months. Um, yeah, there are a lot of different brands making a name yes. in Bangkok. So yeah. um, we were talking earlier, and, and Anthony brought this up uh, with stories like um, Brakai in the Philippines being closed down to clean up. How do you think, or why do you think that Phuket has been better equipped to handle such large swaths of humanity? You know these these big groups because it does get crowded at times, right? It it does get crowded, but I think Thai people as a whole we're quite relaxed. I mean that's why I don't know whether it's a name given to us or we we branded that way. Let us smiles, yeah. So so everyone seemed to be happy and. Uh, Uh, I think people understand that uh, the economy depend a lot on the tourists, and so we love tourists. The crowdier, the the happier people are. Yeah, you know yeah. what you want to present yourself well. So yeah, yeah. and I, that's the feeling that that I've gotten, and I, that seems to be what Laura Styles was uh, alluding to when mm-hmm. she was talking about uh, Phuket and other areas mm-hmm. of Thailand that uh, she visited when she was on the podcast. Um, outside your resorts, for now. Uh, yeah. Do you have any less touristy recommendations in Phuket or anywhere in Thailand, for that matter? I mean, the the north is lovely. We have Chiang Mai, which is more 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 local town, more uh, it's like a Yana culture. So it's more like a mountain tribal people, and the food is different up there. I mean, every 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 region in Thailand, the food is different. Uh, where else? In Phuket, you know, the the famous beach is Patong Beach, but For me, I would not go and stay there. I, th- I think I, I listened to Laura. Laura that she she didn't stay there. She went to party there and to see there one night, and she stayed somewhere more hideaway. So so I think I I recommend that to everyone not not to stay in the main, main most area. developed most well known area. Well, that's that's exactly what she was saying. Sample it. Yeah. If you want a taste of the nightlife and and that yes, kind of thing, sample it and then run away. <laughs> <laughs> Get away quick. Get away quickly. And I think that could be true for a lot of places, you know, all yeah. over the world, where there are parts that uh, you would just want to uh, go uh, take uh, a peek at, and then you go, uh, I'm going to go back over here. Yeah. So Phuket is isn't like totally over on the tourists. There's still places to go. There is, there is, there is. I mean, there's Phuket, and also Phuket is actually connected to Panga, which is the mainland. It's literally a bridge. It's like. Two hundred meters, so it's really well connected to the to the mainland and in the mainland area, the Panga area, which is where where uh, the James Bond Island is, is it's very very natural still. It's not a lot of build up, not a lot of people, so it's very secluded. And now people, uh, Phuket is sort of overfilling into the mainland, which is a good opportunity. It's really nice there. The beach is there. I mean, we we are part of the new development there with Baba Beach Club. So the beaches are just, it's like a virgin beach. There's no one's walking around. The sea is crystal clear. It's, and there's no that's rubbish. Great. Yeah, That's the hideaway that people are really looking yes, for. Yes, you get yes. to this overcrowding and people yeah. uh, really tend to start uh, to sway, sway away as soon as they get their reputation. Yes. So, Well, in terms of the, the cuisine, so I, I've been made aware of the amazing like street food cuisine. I watch uh, YouTube a lot and I'll, I'm, I watch this one channel, Mark Wiens. Ah, and, yes. Uh, he lives in Thailand and he does a lot of the street food there uh, and the street food looks amazing it looks like there's so much there's so many markets it's the street food they're literally they're everywhere every street will have their own street food I mean 
the area I live in, I would know where my favorite street food is. Yeah. yeah. So and and the interesting thing is, uh, Michelin star just arrived to Thailand last year. They just awarded more for the second year. They they have more Michelin star this year, like last week. And but the 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 other thing is that they have a Michelin street food recommendation. That is amazing. <laughs> so 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 I think that was that was a nice touch on them. So you can get these like uh, that's like Chef Fai who who's a street food and she does crab omelet. So so if you go and see go to that place, I mean, it still looks dirty. It's not Michelin, but it is street food. But it got one star. Michelin. Yeah, that, so, that so, says something. Michelin yeah. is pretty highly. The fact that you so. have a star <laughs> is, is something. And the food is um, similarly like amazing anywhere you go in Thailand. Is but with the street food is that every street food they will only spe- uh, sell specialist menu. Wow. So so that menu must be really good for them to survive. Right. It's not like a restaurant where you have like a hundred of. Of different dishes, yeah. You well, go to a noodle place, and they only sell beef noodle. The next wow. place, pad thai, they only sell pad thai, and maybe a few other dishes. Yeah. So it's all specialists. Yeah. Is where street food is concerned. What do you avoid? What's just super touristy? Like, are the are the bug stands and the scorpions? Is that just for tourists? Thai people eat it. I personally don't. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but there are people who eat it. And it is a tradition, so I'm glad it's still there. But is it all a tradition? I mean, is, uh, did, do you think they've added something? Has the scorpion always been a tradition? or I think it's always been there, actually. But the, the, the thing I found, I just went to China last year. They have, sco- they have deep-fried scorpion, too. Oh, really? I think it's an Asian thing. Oh, they maybe. Are, if you deep-fry them, a, a lot of the horribleness goes away. The horribleness. And, <laughs> and you like flavor them aggressively, and they're quite... You know, they're, it's they're, why they're we do so much deep-frying in the States. You know, it's like exactly. everything deep fried <laughs> tastes the best. Yeah, Cro- tastes cockroach, the same. you know, the, the legs of a cockroach gets really crunchy. Right. Those, those bits I actually don't mind eating. Really? Uh, yeah. Wow. All right. Yes. I'm going to try some cockroach. Uh, I thought I found it interesting that you were saying how different it is from like the north and the uh, south. Yes. Temperature wise, also very different, right? Slightly different. I mean, I'm not. It's not like New York where you get the really hot summer and it snows. I mean, our winter. If we're lucky, we get to wear a jumper for five days, and ever. And you, you get people wearing fur. Yeah. For no for for those. Days. You look forward to those five days a year. It yeah. is, yeah. and so then it's usually it's over in three days. <laughs> yeah. So everyone's like, damn. You're in for what is it? Sixty degrees. <laughs> Fahrenheit. So, yeah, so 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 temperature, but it is quite different. I mean, up north, uh, up north is the uh, is higher, it's yeah. northern, and the altitude is uh is more. So in the winter, it does get to you get frost sometimes. Oh wow! So when that's frost, is a big news in Thailand. <laughs> wow, yeah, that's yeah, that's a it's that's a, a special news. day. <laughs> Everything <laughs> so, closes down. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Seriously. So what, what do you think Thailand does better? Or differently, at least, than the other Southeast countries like your Cambodians, your Vietnams. What does it do better in terms of travel? Well, I think. I mean, is it just I, the I, natural I, I, beauty? I want to say we are tourism-wise, we are at the center of the Southeast Asia. It's it's the we are. I think we still get the most tourists in Southeast Asia, and people have been. It's it's the. 
it's seems- the hub from where people jump to the our neighboring country. And you've been doing it. For, Thailand's been doing it for a, a bit longer, I think, than yeah. a Cambodia or a Vietnam. In, in those in particular, I think there are other countries, right, that um, mm. that sort of are on the level. I mean, it's. I mean, I think maybe other country had a few political problem, but right. I mean, Thailand has had our political problem too. But it's. Always been quite peaceful. <laughs> yeah. So, so and it yeah. seems to me that you you just embraced tourism a lot earlier than the other. Yeah, nations. yeah, yeah. I, th- I think Thailand, like Phuket, Phuket has always been a trading town. So all the ships traveling from Asia to India, they all had to stop at uh, Phuket. And I think same with uh, same with Bangkok. So we've always been sort of. Foreigner friendly. Ah. Yeah. Do you feel like because of that, the the international aspect, that the people also have like in those specific places like uh, Phuket have been more international, like the people that live there? I, I think so. We've we've been influenced by international, but we we've never been colonized, so we haven't had so so mm. the the country is still the the culture is still there, but we've embraced what has been. What what other people is bought in and we like it, we embrace it. Yeah, there's nothing enforced on us. So yeah. that's the the charm of Siam, yeah. I think. Yes. Yeah, the charm yeah. of Siam. And and I I can't say enough about Thailand because I've been there a number of times and the people are probably some of the most friendly that I've known all over in the world. Uh, Okay, let's get into your resorts. And I was going to talk about uh, particularly the music scene. I know that that Baba is sort of musically influenced. I mean, don't you, you have events that sort of revolve around yeah. a, a scene? Is there a particular format or a, uh, something? Is it like EDM that that's most popular in your resorts, or um, or is it just an overall vibe? So our our um, first establishment is called Sifanwa. Where that's that's that in the southern southern east tip of uh, Phuket Island and with that one you know my, my brother wanted to be like a more the super luxury but super casual and relaxed place to go so with that music was everywhere you know you go you go to the dining room the lobby you go to the restaurant you go into your room everywhere has to be music playing but back then it was more loungy sunsetty it's a, it's a more uh Private space, right. secluded. So, so last year he launched uh, our new brand, Baba Beach Club. Well, the name itself says it, Baba Beach Club Music Lover Hotel. So these are all beachfront uh, hotels. So everything is surround surrounded by the pool, and music is a big part of it. And we we want to bring the whole beach club culture. To Southeast Asia, I mean, compared to Europe, to like Ibiza or Mykonos, I mean, it's still very. We we're like a decade behind, but I think a decade behind in in a good way. It's like it's it's a more chilled out party. I always area. joke that there's a hotel music format. Yeah, you know, it's sort of that loungy, especially at resorts. You get that sort of like vibe, that sort of chill vibe as you walk in. It could be yeah. a whole format, I think, if you if really thought. Yeah, I mean, about I'd rather hear that than Metallica. Well, that's true. Yeah, maybe when you walk exactly. in, when you when you're looking at a beach vacation, I think is is Metallica. Of course, has its place right. in other places, but you know, you you walk in and with EDM and lounge music, you you feel cooler. Right. Yeah. I get Somehow. that. Yeah, no, it's true. You feel I, you, more trendy. First of all, you feel like you're on vacation. It, Second of all, you feel like you're important somehow. I don't know what that music does weird, to you. Yeah. You know, I, I first noticed that once. I think in Miami, I walked into the Delano, and I'm just like, 
it feels right in here. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like people. I feel important. Maybe I don't know. I don't know why. <laughs> Nothing's changed. I, I'm still dressed dumpy. Why am I? Why do I feel so good? Uh, but so there's something to be said about the music for sure. Uh, let's get to what's going on at your resorts right now. You just Baba just celebrated its one year birthday. So that's that's a congratulations yes. to that. Thank you. Happy very birthday. Much. So we we are celebrating. Well, it's a bit delayed. I mean, it's like three month delayed. But uh, in January uh, on the 19th. We're gonna have a big party, so we're bringing bringing a Circle Local, which is a brand from Ibiza. I think they started in the 1990s. The group of DJ got together, and it became sort of a underground DJ scene. And so, so the, they would host a party in Ibiza every month. So this will be the first time uh, Circle Local come to Southeast Asia. And so they're gonna do it at our um, Baba Beach Club Phuket. This is a multi-day event. This is a two-day event. Oh, one sorry. big day. I've been corrected. You're squeezing two days into one. That's impressive. <laughs> well, you don't sleep, so so maybe that's why I thought it was a two-day. You put 24 hours in. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. You, you so, fit two days of stuff into one awesome exactly. day. <laughs> Circle Loco, and it's happening when? Uh, the 19th of January. At Baba Beach Club At in Baba Phuket? At Baba Beach Club Phuket. Okay, great. Yes. So good to know. I This may not translate to everybody all over listening to this. You came here on one of the worst weather weekends we've had this year. And traffic was a snarl. But you, of course... I, would, I loved it. As a tourist, yeah. I saw New York turning white in a few hours. It, it was when great. When do you get to see a winter wonderland like this I know, these days? So. It's amazing. But welcome to New York. Thanks for stopping by and uh, we look forward to looking at your resorts. Thank you so much.